chapter 8 this chapter is about importance of human birth sai baba begging food bai jaba's service sai baba's dormitory and his affection for kushal chand as hinted in the last chapter hemat ban now explains at length in his preliminary remarks the importance of human birth and then proceeds to relate how sai baba begged his food how bai jaba served him how he slept in the masjid with tatya kote patel and mal sabati and how he loved kushal chand of rahata importance of human birth in this wonderful universe god has created millions of creatures including gods demigods insects beasts and men inhabiting heaven hell earth ocean sky and other intermediate regions of these those creatures are souls whose merits preponderate go to heaven and live there till they enjoy the fruits of their actions and when this is done they are cast down while those souls whose sins or demerits preponderate go down to hell and suffer the consequences of their misdeeds for long as they deserve it when their merits and demerits balance each other they are born on earth as human beings and are given a chance to work out their salvation ultimately when their merits and demerits both are worked completely they get out their deliverance and become free to put the matter in a nutshell souls get their birth or transmigration according to their deeds and evolvement special value of human body as we all know four things are common to all creatures which is food sleep fear and sexual union in the case of man he is endowed with a special faculty that is knowledge with the help of which he can attain god vision which is impossible in any other species it is for this reason that gods envy the human species and aspire to be born as men on earth so as to get their final deliverance some say that there is nothing worse than the human body which is full of filth mucus phlegm and dirt and which is subject to decay disease and death this is true to a certain extent but in spite of these drawbacks and defects the special value of human body is that man has got the capacity to acquire knowledge it is only due to human body or on account of it that one can think of the perishable and transitory nature of the body itself and of the world and have aversion for sense enjoyments and can discriminate between the unreal and the real and thus attain god vision so if we reject or neglect the body because it is filthy we lose the chance of god vision and if we are going on indulging it and run after sense objects because it is precious we go to hell the proper course therefore for us to pursue is the following that the body should neither be neglected nor fondled but should be properly cared for just as a traveler on horseback takes care of his horse on the way till he reaches his destination and returns home thus the body should ever be used or engaged to attain god vision or self realization which is the supreme end of life it is said that the god created various kinds of creatures he was not satisfied for none of them was able to know and appreciate his work so he had to create a special being man and endow him with a special faculty which is knowledge and when he saw that man was able to appreciate his leela marvelous work and intelligence he was highly pleased and satisfied so really it is fortunate to get a human body better still to be born in a brahmin family and best 
to get an opportunity of being close to Sai Baba's feet and surrendering to him. Man's endeavor realizing how precious human life is and knowing that death is certain and may snatch us at any time we should be ever alert to achieve the object of our lives we should not make the least delay but make every possible haste to gain our object just as a king leaves no stone unturned to seek his lost son so with all earnestness we should strive to attain our end that is self realization casting aside laziness warding off drowsiness we should day and night meditate on the self if we fail to do this we reduce ourselves to the level of beasts how to proceed the most effective and speedy way to gain our object is to approach a worthy saint or sage sadguru who has himself attained god vision what cannot be achieved by hearing religious discourses and study of religious texts is easily available in the company of such worthy souls just as the sun gives light which all the stars put together cannot do so the satguru alone imparts spiritual wisdom which all the sacred books and sermons cannot do his movements and simple talks gives us silent advice the virtues of forgiveness calmness disinterestedness charity benevolence control of mind and body egolessness etc are observed by the disciples as they are being practiced in such pure and holy company this enlightens their minds and lifts them spiritually sai baba was such a sage or sadguru though he acted as a fakir he was always engrossed in self he always loved all beings in whom he saw god or divinity by pleasures he was not elated he was not depressed by misfortunes a king and a pauper were the same to him he whose glance would turn a beggar into a king used to go begging food from door to door in shirdi and let us now see how he did it baba begging food blessed are the people of shirdi in front of whose houses baba stood as a beggar and called out oh my give me a piece of bread and spread out his hand to receive the same in one hand he carried a tumbrel or tin pot and in the other a joli that is a rectangular piece of cloth he visited certain houses daily liquid or semi liquid things such as soup vegetables milk or buttermilk were received in the tin pot while cooked rice bread and such solid things were taken in the zoli baba's tongue knew no taste as he had acquired control over it so how could he care for the taste of different things mixed up together whatever things he got in his zoli and in the tin pot were mixed together and partaken by baba to his heart's content whether particular things were tasty or otherwise was not noticed by baba as his tongue was devoid of the sense of taste altogether baba begged till noon but his begging was so irregular some days he went a few rounds on other days up to 12 noon the food thus collected was kept in a kundi that is a earthen pot dogs cats and crows freely ate from it and baba never drew them away the women who swept the floor of the masjid took some 10 or 12 pieces of bread to her house and nobody prevented her from doing so how could he who even in dreams never warded off cats and dogs by harsh words and signs refuse food to poor helpless people blessed indeed is the life of such a noble person people in shirdi took him in the beginning for a mad fakir he was known in the village by this name how could one who lived on alms by begging a few crumbs of bread be revered and worshiped but this fakir was very liberal of heart detached 
and charitable. Though he looked restless from outside, he was firm and steady inside. His way was inscrutable. Still in that small village, there were a few kind and blessed people who recognized and regarded him as a great soul. One such person's account is given below. Bai Jaba's Brilliant Service Tatya Koti's mother, Bai Jaba, used to go to the woods every afternoon with a basket on her head containing bread and vegetables. She roamed in the jungles kilometers after kilometers, trampling bushes and shrubs in search of the mad fakir, and after finding him, fell at his feet. The fakir sat calm and motionless in meditation while she placed the leaf before him, spread her things which are the eatables, breads, vegetables, etc., and fed him. Wonderful was her faith and service. Every day she roamed at noon in the jungles and insisted upon Baba to partake of the lunch. Her service, Upasana or penance, by whatever name we call it, it was never forgotten by Baba till the end. Remembering fully what service she rendered, Baba benefited her son significantly. Both the son and the mother had great faith in the fakir, who was their god. Baba often said to them that fakiri is real, lordship is transient. After some years, Baba stopped going into the woods and began to live in the village and take his foot in the masjid. Thus, Bai Jaba's troubles of roaming in the jungles ended. Dormitory of Trio Ever blessed are the saints in whose hearts Lord Vasudeva dwells, and fortunate indeed are the devotees who get the benefit of the company of such saints. Two such fortunate fellows, Tatya Kote Patel and Bhatma Sabati, equally shared the company of Sai Baba. Baba also loved them both. These three persons slept in the masjid with their heads towards the east, west and north and with their feet touching one another's at the centre. After spreading their beds, they lay on them, chit-chatting and gossiping till late at night. If any of them showed any signs of sleep, others would wake him up. For instance, if Tatya began to snore, Baba at once got up and shook him from side to side and pressed his head. If it was Mal Sapti, he pulled him close, stroked his legs and patted his back. In this way, for a period of 14 years, Tatya, leaving his parents at home, slept in the masjid on account of his deep love for Baba. How happy and never to be forgotten were those days. How to measure that love and how to value the grace of Baba. After the passing away of his father, Tatya took charge of his household affairs and began to sleep at home. Kushal Chand of Rahata Baba loved Ganapat Kote Patel of Shiradi. He loved Chandra Ben Seth Marwadi of Rahata equally. After the demise of the Seth, Baba loved his nephew Kushal Chand equally or perhaps more and looked after his welfare day and night. Sometimes in a bullock cart and other times in a tonga, with intimate devotees, Baba went to Rahata. People of that village would come out with band and music and receive Baba at the gate of the village and prostrate before them. Then he was taken into the village with great honor and ceremony. Kushal Chen took Baba to his house, seated him on a comfortable seat and gave him a good meal. Then they talked freely and merrily for some time, after which Baba returned to Shiradi, giving delight and blessings to all. Shiradi is midway and equidistance from Rahata on one side, that is the south, and Nimagon on the other, that is north. Baba never went beyond these places during his lifetime. He never saw any train or travel by it. Still, 
He knew exactly the timings of arrivals and departures of all trains. Devotees who acted according to Baba's instructions given at the time of taking leave fared well, while those who disregarded them suffered many a mishap and accident. More about this and other matters will be told in the next chapter. Bow to Sri Sai. Peace be to all.